Hi, welcome to the She of the Wild podcast. This is Beth of SheOfTheWild.com, where we grow your soul through creativity, which basically means growing into your most authentic and most vibrantly alive self using creativity, art, writing, etc., whatever creativity means to you as a tool and a vehicle. So welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're listening. If you are a reader of the She of the Wild blog or you subscribe to my love letter, which is an email newsletter, basically, that's sent to your e- inbox um, about once a week, usually not more, um, often less, <laughs> but I try to aim for once a week. Um, and it's not like a super markety schmarmy kind of thing because it's just not how I roll and not what feels good, but it's, it truly, I do truly try to make it to be a love letter, to be something that, um, really can enhance your life, either creativity, creatively or otherwise. Um, and I've gotten some really great feedback on it. And if you'd like to subscribe, you can go to sheofthewild.com slash newsletter and there you will be able to sign up and you'll also receive a free download um, called 31 Days of Writing Wild, which basically is 31 prompts for writing to help you establish a writing practice to help, as I said before, um, grow your soul through creativity. And so that's not what it, I'm not talking about that to try to get you to sign up for my newsletter, although that would be fantastic and I would love to send you a love note. Um, but I did send a love note, a love letter out this week called what to do when you don't know what to do. And then I put it on my blog too. So you can read it on my blog. You can go to sheofthewild.com slash blog. And then after I published it and after I sent out the, the email, I asked other people, what would they add to what I shared for what to do when you don't know what to do? And I got some interesting suggestions and then that made my brain kind of explode with new ideas. So I thought I would do a supplemental podcast with more ideas about regarding what to do when you don't know what to do. Now, I'm not going to go over what I um, talked about in my love letter and blog post, but if you want to check that out, again, go to sheofthewild.com slash blog to read the post, or if you want to sign up for the newsletter, sheofthewild.com slash newsletter, and you'll be privy to all future love notes and love letters. Okay, so new, new methods, I suppose, techniques, tools to help us when we don't know what to do. So One that I look over all the time is breathing. And that's just our kind of most basic resource, isn't it? It's the first thing we do when we're born is we breathe. We cry, make sound, we take the air in, let the old air out. And then it doesn't stop until we die. It's the foundation of who we are and our being on this earth. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's so easy to forget. I, I clench up when I'm stressed or anxious and I, um, yeah, I, I hold lots of tension and I forget to breathe. My breathing gets really, really shallow. And I found that when I'm in the midst of this not knowing or 
anxiety or fear or whatever it is that remembering a the, the remembering a deep breath can be really really helpful even though it's so basic and simple simple <laughs> um and what i love about this is that it is so easy and simple you don't need any equipment you don't need to be in a certain space to do it you need to don't need to be doing something in particular with your body other than what it already naturally does you're just enhancing and bringing mindfulness to what your body's already doing unconsciously breathing so when i breathe with intention i make sure that i am sitting up straight so i can my lungs are um in a position to work optimally i suppose you could say or expand as much as they would like to or need to so i make sure i'm sitting up nice and tall so that really even just that action i just did it just now talking um it like opens up and brings so much space to your chest your rib cage opens um there's a sense of expansiveness and so even if you don't add the breathing to that you your body has changed because I know when I'm in a not so great place, I'm hunched over, tense, my my belly is kind of contracted because I'm hunching over. So even just that that simple action of sitting up straight, you're bringing space and in that into that space, you're now available to invite even more peace. So we do that by breathing deeply. And when I mean what I what I mean by breathing deeply is I I try to I focus on my on my belly, um, which is maybe a little bit unintuitive because our lungs are in our chest, our lungs are not in our bellies, but I feel like I have to breathe into my belly and expand my belly, and that is what will give me a full, deep, rejuvenating breath. And I do that a couple of times when I do it now. Lots of people recommend doing it um, or taking the breath in and out through, or maybe in through the nose and out through the mouth. Personally, I don't like that because I feel like I have kind of narrow um, nasal passages. So um, getting a good, sufficient breath through my nose usually doesn't happen. So I do it through my mouth. So you just choose what you want, but just focus on that belly. Because if you focus on the belly, your chest, your lungs will expand as well. But if you focus only on the lungs, I think you'll find that often the tendency is that your breath doesn't go deep enough and you're not getting that really full enriching breath. So make sure that you're breathing into your belly and then you can add some grounding to this if you wish. And there are lots of different ways to ground. What grounding means to me is to take my awareness or myself, whatever it is that makes me, me, to take my thinking as well and to bring it down into my body because I am a head dweller. (laughs) I am in my head so much and it kind of (laughs) sucks because while there's some great stuff about your brain, there's also some negative stuff. And for me, that comes with overthinking. Um, something that I really like 
But Anne Lamott says, swear word alert. Um, she The way she describes overthinking, especially with regards to anxiety, is called, she says it's, she says it, she describes it, I should say, as mind fucking something to death. And that might be a little bit vulgar, but I love it because that is exactly what it feels like to me. And not in a good way. Um, because some kind of fucking is great, right? But this kind, not so great. And it's interesting. I like the word she uses because the mind fucking, because it's, it connotates activeness, right? I'm involved in my own exacerbation of my anxiety. And so when I ground, it takes me out of that space, the head space, especially the anxiety, and it brings me down into my body where I tend to get more accurate feelings and intuition and decisions about the things that I am freaking out about, right? So to ground, you can do any number of things. Go on Google, you'll like be overwhelmed <laughs> in maybe a good way. I don't know. But I'll tell you a couple of ways I like to do it. So if you're sitting, oops, if you're sitting up really tall, nice and straight, um, also breathing really deeply. When I say sit up straight, I don't want you to hold your breath. Okay. Breathing, sitting up straight. And then you can imagine if you're sitting down, you can imagine a tree root grew, growing out of your, out of your tailbone and down into the earth and then expanding out like a system of roots, like on a tree. Um, and it obviously will, will connect you, tether you to the earth. You can close your eyes while you do this if you want. You can imagine it. You can try to see what it feels like sensation-wise in your body. Um, that always helps me. Um, you can also do the same thing standing or sitting and imagine the roots coming out of your feet. Um, you can have the roots go really, really deep if you want, all the way to the core of the earth. I've read from a number of different meditation instructors. Some say that you should only release down your roots into the earth and not take anything back out. And some say you can do both. So obviously, as always, <laughs> you get to choose for yourself. I like to think of it both ways. I like to both release and take in nourishment from the earth in my grounding roots, um, just like a tree again. You also don't have to imagine roots growing out of your spine or your feet. You can imagine a grounding cord and it can look like anything, really. So whatever visualization helps you connect to the earth and connect to your body, that's great. So go with that. It could be just a beam of light. It can be a tree trunk. It can be a rope, a chain. Um, I was in this meditation class with a friend of mine and she said that one student once um, imagined that when she was releasing things through her grounding cord, she was literally like flushing a toilet <laughs> and it was going down through this drain into the earth. So you get to choose. But um, what the, the kind of goal feeling that you might want to look for or feel for is um, a kind of heaviness or in a, like a pleasant heaviness or centeredness in your belly area. I find that when I am grounded, there is this, I guess my center of gravity is kind of like activated or acknowledged or something like that. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I can feel how 
the me of me has moved from my head to my gut and it feels good and I feel calmer and I can breathe better and better again access my intuition and kind of deep knowing about things. You can also add meditation to this if you listen to episode four, where I interviewed Desiree Vargas. She suggested some great um, meditation apps to us, and I checked out one of them, which is called the Insight Timer, and it's really fantastic. It's free, and um, there are lots of different kind of meditations you can participate in. It can just time you and just let you know when you're done, or you can add in some nice music or ambient sounds, or there are even guided meditations. And I have a hard time, especially like as a new, newer person to meditation, staying kind of with it and aware, which I guess is the point of meditation. We can do it so we get better, but I really like Um, guided meditations, especially for new people, for people who are trying out meditation for the first time. So Insight Timer, one free resource. I second Desiree's (laughs) endorsement. So I recommend you go check it out, but you can even just search on, on YouTube. There are lots of great meditations if you wish to add meditation to your um, toolbox for when you don't know what to do. Okay. So that was kind of my first (laughs) of what to do when you don't know what to do. Mindfulness, breathing, grounding, meditation. Okay. Something else. This is maybe not so much what to do when you don't know what to do, but what to do when you do know what to do, when you finally get a breakthrough or a little tidbit of insight. Write that down. (laughs) Write it down. I am so guilty of not writing it down. Okay. So I'll be worrying about this problem. I'll be mind fucking it. Um, and then I get something I, or I know where I'm going to go next. And it's fantastic. I'm like, oh, great. Like I'm going to do that. And then I don't write it down. And then I forget. And then and I, I don't even think that I will forget it though, because um, I feel at the time of, of this point of insight or enlightened, enlightenment, that I'll never forget it, of course, because, oh my gosh, this is such like a powerful moment or an interesting moment. Why would I ever forget this? But of course we do because our brains can only hold so much, especially when we're running at capacity as our culture really likes to have us keep doing. Um, of course, things are going to slip out of our brains, especially those things that aren't really necessary for the right here and right now. Okay. So when something does come and you do know what to do, get that on paper. Okay. Type it into your computer and your notes application, whatever it takes, put a sticky on your fridge, write it on a whiteboard, write it on your hand, just write it somewhere. It doesn't even have to be like a complete thought, even just some bullet points or keywords enough that will help you remember a little sketch, whatever you need, write it down. Okay. Relatedly, you can make a to-do list. So if you have enough things written down from these little flashes of insight in the midst of not knowing, take them and see what um, what is the next, or I guess what will help you get to your goal 
most immediately, most directly. Okay, because so we all have goals and we want to meet them, of course. And we have these tasks we have to do or these things we want to do. They're not all created equal. Okay, so make a to-do list and pick like, if it's for a day, I would pick one to three things to do for a week, depending on how much time you have to devote to this list, to your goals, right? Personally for me, um, given what my life structure is, my schedule structure is, for a week, I'd probably make no more than five five things, five points on my to-do list. So I would put for a weekend, I'd say, okay, here are the one to three goals I'd like to accomplish this week to help me meet my larger goal. For a week, I would say here are three to five points that I want to hit to help me meet that larger goal. Okay, so make a to-do list and then it feels really good when you cross those things off, okay? I know it sounds silly and simplistic, but try it or like check a box off, put a check next to the things on your list. It feels really good to look back and say, wow, I did this. And even if you don't, don't, don't know what to do, <laughs> if you do know what to do, making a to-do list is great because um, it's a record of how much you've done and how much you've accomplished, not in a task mastery sort of way, but in a validating sort of way. Because I know for myself that I forget my good. I forget the good I've done and I focus on the things that still need work because those take the most attention, right? Um, because they require work still. <laughs> so the things that are done and good, I forget about them. And so, for example, I teach a dance fitness class here locally and I'm kind of making my own way doing it. I am renting a studio and so I have to pay for the space for the month upfront, which is scary for me because I don't know who's going to come to class because it's a new class at this space and I'm a new teacher and it's an, in a in a location well I guess it's in a city where that where there are a lot of other people teaching the same kind of thing so there's lots of competition right so it's a it's a bit of a risk or maybe a lot of a risk I can't even tell it feels like a lot of a risk but it's at least somewhat of a risk put the money down and then hope that enough people will come that I'll at least make my deposit back, right? So I'll break even. That's kind of my goal. <laughs> and for the first month, I thought for sure I was in the I was in the red. Well, my friend and I, a friend and I were doing it together. I was pretty sure we were in the red. But she is like the details person. I'm the big picture person. She's the details person. And we got together at her behest. <laughs> and at her wise urging, I should say. And we went over our financials for the month. And actually, we made $4. And I thought we had lost money. Not only did we meet the goal I had set in my mind of to, you know, to break even, we made $4. That's awesome for our first month out. Um, and if I had been keeping better track, then I would have known that. And I was writing some things down, but I wasn't going back to kind of assess things. And my friend was. She was the one that wanted us to do that. So kind of making a to-do list or going back to the records that we had set together 
it would have reminded me on my own without her having to tell me that we actually had met our goal and had exceeded it by a little bit as well. I think that's what a to-do list does. It helps keep us on track toward our goal. But then after the fact, you can say, man, wow, look what I did this weekend. I, you know, boosted my social media. Um, I scheduled a bunch of social media posts. I engaged on Instagram. I wrote a chapter of my book and I, I recorded one podcast (laughs) as I'm doing right now. Um, if I, if you didn't write that stuff down and then check it off, check it off afterward, after it was completed, maybe you wouldn't think that you got as much accomplished as you did. Maybe you would think you only wrote like a quarter of a chapter or that the podcast wasn't no big deal or that the two hours that you spent on scheduling your social media posts that will save you time for the next month. Um, that, that was like not a big deal also, you know, when it actually it is, and it's an important part of, you know, reaching your goals, you know, perhaps depending on your goals, it's an important part of reaching my goals for sure. And so it's important to make note of that stuff. Okay. All right. So my last point, my last recommendation for when you don't know what to do, something you can do is to focus on one thing at a time. I empathize if you feel pulled in the direction of many lovely things. I feel that way too. Um, I love to write. I love to make art. Those manifest in a number of different ways. My business, She of the Wild, the work of that manifests in a number of different ways. It's easy to feel pulled in so many directions, not even just by our creative lives, although certainly just there as well. That's enough right there. But on top of that, we're all, we also have our jobs, our marriages, our relationships, our parents, our children, our other stuff, our extracurriculars, our exercise, so many things pulling us, pulling us, pulling us, pulling us. And we multitask. I feel like women, especially, we are crazy, ridiculous multitaskers because we're required to be. And while that is good, sometimes, maybe often, sometimes it's good to not be a multitasker as well because then you can pour all of your energy into one thing. So if you read my blog post about what to do when you don't know what to do, I recommend going going backwards, taking a step back. And something I did this weekend to take a step back was to purchase myself a notebook at Michael's. <laughs> So I've been wanting to art journal again. I haven't been art journaling in a long time because I had a baby and then I, you know, I took time off of art because I felt like I could only, I could only focus on writing or art. And I felt like I should focus on writing because it was more accessible to me as a mother of two young children. I didn't have to get out art supplies. So I did that. It's totally great. But I've been wanting to art journal again. And I have a bunch of notebooks and like, books I picked up at the library, not books that I borrowed from the library, I should note, books that were in their free bin um, for people to take. So I took some and I have these um, kind, not blank books, but books that, you know, I was going to, you know, paint in anyway, 
but they feel too big or the paper feels weird. And I had my previous art journal, I had uh, this, I had bought a sketchbook from Michael's and it was just a little kind of like a half size sketchbook. And it was just a really manageable size. So I've been wanting to have another one of those, but then I thought it was ridiculous that I'd go pay money for something that I already have basically the same thing I've, even though I don't really, um, but today I said, screw it, don't be silly self. And I went and I got the journal and it cost me like $4 because I had a coupon. So it was totally worth it. Um, so I, I got this, this journal to, to step back into and to pour my attention into because I get really caught up in making great art and that those would be capitalized making great art <laughs> or at least great art would be capitalized you know what I'm talking about right where you know you sit down to enjoy your creative time and then you're like oh but I need to make a really fantastic looking painting and maybe your goal is to sell it so you want to make something that people want to buy or maybe people will just look at it and not you know, you're not going to put it up for sale, but then you still want people to like it. And even if you're not going to show it to anybody, you still want to like it. You want to make something that you feel good about and you think looks fantastic, right? And that can be really crippling when you sit down to paint or to write, you know, if you're going to sit down and expect to write the great American novel or whatever. Um, and so I am going to try to focus have laser focus on just being and letting whatever comes out on the page of my $4 art journal come out and not worry or try, <laughs> try not to worry about the result, the process. I want to focus on the process. So when you don't know what to do or you're feeling kind of overwhelmed by having so many things to do, pick one focus on one thing. Maybe it's a really small thing. Focus on it. Okay. And I think by doing that, it kind of having that laser focus in the front part of your brain kind of frees up that back nebulous part of your brain that does weird stuff <laughs> to do its weird thing and not feel um, shackled by your worries or your mind fucking or whatever. Okay. So those are my additional supplementary thoughts on what to do when you don't know what to do. Again, you can check out the original post on my blog at sheofthewild.com slash blog. Also, sheofthewild.com slash newsletter if you want to sign up to receive not only, the, not only the 31 Days of Writing Wild prompts, but also future love letters. And they're basically just... Um, you know, exclusive content that is um, sent only to that, to the newsletter subscribers, or it's sent first to the newsletter subscribers. You also get exclusive discounts. Um, right now, I have my writing course, um, which is going to go up in price really, really soon. Um, but right now, as my the people on my newsletter list know who receive my love letters, they know that it's still available for the original cheaper price. Um, and this um, writing class is really, really great if you 
want to use poetry and writing as a form of soul growth, if you want to regain your confidence in your creativity, if you want to learn to trust yourself as a creator, this course is for you. It has lots of content. It's accessible. It's inspiring. The feedback has been wonderful. So on the website, if you go to sheofthewild.com slash alive, the course is called Write Yourself Wholly Alive, Using Words to Create Vibrant Lives. If you go to sheofthewild.com slash alive, it says that the course is $150, but it's not really. If you click the button, it's only $97, but I'm going to change that soon, um, probably this week. So if you want to get on that cheaper price, the limited time offer, go for it, please. I would love to have you in the course. I think it's really, really good. Um, yeah. And I would just love to, to see you going through it. Okay. So this was episode five of the She of the Wild podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. I hope this inspired you and encouraged you. If you would like to discuss the idea of what to do when you don't know what to do more, we have a free community on Facebook. You just search She of the Wild community on Facebook and you'll find us. And I'd love to connect with you there. You can also find me on Instagram at She of the Wild. And yeah, so have a great day, night, afternoon, whatever it is there. Thank you for listening. Until next time, this is Beth. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the She of the Wild podcast. For more inspiration and support for your creative journey, please visit www.sheofthewild.com.